chapter 15, verse 39, and chapter 16, 1 through 19 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verse 39 and chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. And he sent away the multitude, and took ship, and came into the coasts of Magdala. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, when it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. Chrysostom as the Lord sent the multitudes away after the miracle of the five loaves, so also now, not on foot, but by boat, that the multitudes may not follow him. And he sent away the multitude, and entered into a ship, and came into the coasts of Magdan. Augustine. Mark says, Delmanatha. No doubt the same place under a different name, for many copies of the gospel, according to Mark, have Magdan. Rabanus. This Magdan is the country opposite Gerasa, and is interpreted fruits, or a messenger. It signifies a garden, of which it is said, a garden enclosed, a fountain sealed, wherein the fruits of virtues grow, and where the name of the Lord is announced. It teaches us that preachers, having ministered the word to the multitude, ought to be refreshed themselves with the fruits of the virtues, within the chamber of their own heart. It follows... And there come unto him Pharisees and Sadducees, tempting him, and desired him to show them a sign from heaven. Rigmigius, wondrous blindness of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They asked a sign from heaven, as though the things they had now saw were not signs. John shows what sign it was they desired. For he relates that after the feeding with the five loaves, the multitudes came to the Lord and said, what sign doest thou that we may see it and believe on thee? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread to eat from heaven. Therefore, when they say here, Show us a sign from heaven, they mean, Cause that it rain manna for one or two days, that the whole people may eat, as was done for a long time in the desert. He, looking into their thoughts as God, and knowing that even if a sign from heaven should be showed them, they would not believe, would not give them the sign for which they asked. As it follows, But he answered and said unto them, When the evening is come, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red, etc. Jerome. This is not found in most copies of the Greek text, but the sense is clear, that fair and rainy days may be foretold by the condition and harmony of the elements. But the scribes and Pharisees, who seemed to be doctors of the law, could not discern the Savior's coming by the predictions of the prophets. Augustine, we might also understand this saying, When it is evening, ye say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. In this way, by the blood of Christ's passion, at his first coming, indulgence of sin is given. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. That is, the apostles suffer after the resurrection, 
by which ye may know that I judge hereafter. For if I spare not the good who are mine from present suffering, I shall not spare others hereafter. Ye can therefore discern the face of the sky, but the signs of the times ye cannot. Rabanus, The signs of the times he means of his own coming, or passion, to which the evening redness of the heavens may be likened, and the tribulation which shall be before his coming, to which the morning redness with the lowering sky may be compared. Chrysostom, As then in the sky there is one sign of fair weather, and another of rain, so ought ye to think concerning me. Now in this my first coming, there is need of these signs which are done in the earth, but those which are done in heaven are reserved for the time of the second coming. Now I come as a physician, then as a judge. Now I come in secret, then with much pomp, when the powers of heaven shall be shaken. But now is not the time of these signs. Now have I come to die, and to suffer humiliations. As it follows, an evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonas the prophet. Augustine this Matthew has already given, whence we may store up for our information that the Lord spoke the same things many times, that where there are contradictions which cannot be explained, it may be understood that the same sayings were uttered on two different occasions. Gloss. He says an evil and adulterous generation, that is, unbelieving, having carnal and not spiritual understanding. Rabanus. To this generation that thus tempted the Lord is not given a sign from heaven, such as they sought for, though many signs are given on earth, but only to the generation of such as sought the Lord, in whose sight he ascended into heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. Jerome, but what is meant by the sign of Jonas has been explained above. Chrysostom, and when the Pharisees heard this, they ought to have asked him what it was he meant and they had not asked at first with any desire of learning, and therefore the Lord leaves them, as it follows, and he left them and went his way. Jerome, that is, leaving the evil generation of the Jews, he passed over the strait, and the people of the Gentiles followed him. Hilary, observe, we do not read here, as in other places, that he sent the multitudes away and departed, but because the air of unbelief held the minds of the presumptuous, it is said that he left them. Verses 5 through 12. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up, neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? How is it that ye do not understand, that I spake it not to you concerning bread, that ye should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees loss. As the Lord had left the Pharisees on account of their unbelief, so now he teaches his disciples to be on their guard against their doctrine. Whence it follows, and when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Rigmigius. 
they were bound to their master with so great affection that they were unwilling to part from him for even a moment of time and here and it should be observed how far they were from any longing for delicacies when they took so small care for necessaries that they had even forgotten to take bread without which human weakness cannot support itself he said unto them take heed and beware of the leaven of the pharisees and of the sadducees Hilary, here and the apostles are admonished not to be partakers in the doctrine of the jews for the works of the law are established to produce faith and to prefigure the things that were to follow and they on whose times truth itself had chanced should look for no further types of truth lest the teaching of the pharisees which knew not of christ should stay the effect of the gospel truth jerome for he that takes heed of the leaven of the pharisees and the sadducees does not observe the precepts of the law and of the letter and neglects the traditions of men that he may do the commandments of god this is the leaven of which the apostle speaks a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump by every means also we should avoid that leaven which marcion valentinius and all the heretics had for the nature of leaven is such that when mixed with flour that which seemed a little increases to a large quantity and brings the whole mixture to its own flavor thus heretical doctrine if it have cast but a small spark into your breast in a short time a mighty flame is raised and drives the whole temper of a man along with it chrysostom why did he not say plainly take heed of the doctrine of the pharisees because he would remind them of those things that had been done in the multiplication of the loaves knowing them to be forgetful to have given them this charge at once bluntly would have seemed unreasonable but to find fault with them on occasion furnished by themselves prepared the way for the charge therefore it is that the evangelist brings forward their thoughts but they thought within themselves saying it is because we have taken no bread jerome how had they no bread seeing that as soon as they had filled seven baskets they entered into the boat and came into the parts of magdon there they hear that they ought to take heed of the leaven of the pharisees and sadducees but the scripture is witness that they had forgotten to take the baskets with them chrysostom because the disciples still groveled about jewish observances the lord sharply rebukes them for the benefit of all whence it follows but jesus knowing their thoughts said unto them o ye of little faith why consider ye among yourselves because ye have no bread gloss as much as to say why do ye think that i spake of earthly bread for which ye ought not to have thought having beheld me of so little make such abundant overplus chrysostom this he does that he may put away from them all care for food but why did he not reprove them when they said whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness for that seemed a more fitting occasion he did not blame them at that time that he might not seem to be by that urged on to do miracles and he was unwilling to find fault with them before the people also there was more reason in the charge when after two miracles of multiplication of loaves they had anxiety about food observe with what mildness he rebukes them he makes an excuse and answer himself saying do ye not understand nor remember the five loaves gloss as much as to say do ye not understand the mystery nor remember the miracle chrysostom by this calling to mind what was past and rousing their attention to what was to come 
Jerome. Thus he takes this occasion to instruct them what is meant by the five loaves and the seven loaves, the five thousand and the four thousand, who were fed in the desert. For if the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees signified not earthly food, but corrupt traditions and heretical dogmas, why should not the food with which the people of God is nourished signify the true and uncorrupt doctrine? Chrysostom. But that you may learn what force Christ's reproof had upon his disciples and how it roused their sluggish spirit, hear what says the evangelist. Then they understood how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yet he had not interpreted this to them. This instruction of the Lord then drew them away from Jewish observances, and made them attentive instead of careless, and raised them out of their little faith. But whenever they should have seemed to have but little provision of bread, they should have no fear about food, and should despise all those things. Verse 13 through 19. When Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Gloss. As soon as the Lord had taken his disciples out of the teaching of the Pharisees, he then suitably proceeds to lay deep the foundations of the gospel doctrine, and to give this the greater solemnity. It is introduced by the name of the place when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi. Chrysostom. He adds of Philip to distinguish it from the other Caesarea of Strato, and he asks this question in the former place, leading his disciples far out of the way of the Jews, that being set from all fear, they might say freely what was in their mind. Jerome. This Philip was the brother of Herod, the tetrarch of Iturea, and the region of Trachonitis, who gave to the city, which is now called Peneus, the name of Caesarea, in honor of Tiberius Caesar. Gloss. When about to confirm the disciples in the faith, he would first take away from their minds the errors and opinions of others. Whence it follows, and he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that the Son of Man is? Origin. Christ puts this question to his disciples, that from their answer we may learn that there were at the same time among the Jews various opinions concerning Christ, and to the end that we should always investigate what opinion men may form of us, that if any ill be said of us, we may cut off the occasions of it, or if any good, we may multiply the occasions of it. Gloss. So by this instance of the apostles, the followers of the bishops are instructed that whatever opinions they may hear out of doors concerning their bishops, they should tell them to them. Jerome. Beautifully is that question put, Whom do men say that the Son of Man is? For they who speak of the Son of Man are men, but they who understand his divine nature are called not men but gods. 
Chrysostom. He says not, Whom do the scribes and Pharisees say that I am, but whom do men say that I am, searching into the minds of the common people, which were not perverted to evil. For though their opinion concerning Christ was much below what it ought to have been, yet it was free from willful wickedness. But the opinion of the Pharisees concerning Christ was full of much malice. Hilary, by asking, Whom do men say that the Son of Man is?, he implied that something ought to be thought respecting him beyond what appeared, for he was the Son of Man, and in thus inquiring after men's opinions respecting himself, we are not to think that he made confession of himself. For that which he asked was for something concealed, to which the faith of believers ought to extend itself. We must hold that form of confession, that we so mention the Son of God as not to forget the Son of Man, for the one without the other offers us no hope of salvation, and therefore he said emphatically, Whom do men say that the Son of Man is? Jerome, he says not, Whom do men say that I am, but whom do men say that the Son of Man is, that he should not seem to ask ostentatiously concerning himself. Observe that wherever the Old Testament has Son of Man, the phrase in Hebrew is Son of Adam. Origin. Then the disciples recount the diverse opinions of the Jews relating to Christ. And they said, Some say John the Baptist, following Herod's opinion, other Elias, supposing that either Elias had gone through a second birth, or that having continued alive in the body, he had at this time appeared. Others Jeremiah, whom the Lord had ordained to be a prophet among the Gentiles, not understanding that Jeremiah was a type of Christ, or one of the prophets in a like way, because of those things which God spoke to them through the prophets. Yet they were not fulfilled in them, but in Christ. Jerome, it was as easy for the multitudes to be wrong in supposing him to be Elias and Jeremiah, as Herod in supposing him to be John the Baptist. Whence I wonder that some interpreters should have sought for the causes of these several errors. Chrysostom, the disciples having recounted the opinion of the common people, he then, by a second question, invites them to higher thoughts concerning him, and therefore it follows, Jesus saith unto them, Whom say ye that I am? You who are with me always, and have seen greater miracles than the multitudes, ought not to agree in the opinion of the multitudes. For this reason he does not put this question to them at the commencement of his preaching, but after he had done many signs. Then also he spoke many things to them concerning his deity. Jerome Observe by this connection of the discourse, the apostles were not styled men but gods. For when he had said, Whom say ye that the Son of Man is? He adds, Whom say ye that I am? As much as to say, They being men, think of me as man. Ye who are gods, whom do you think me? Rabanus. He inquires the opinion of his disciples and those without, not because he was ignorant of them, his disciples he asks that he may reward, with due reward, their confession of a right faith. And the opinion of those without, he inquires, that having the wrong opinions first set forth, it might be proved that the disciples had received the truth of their confession, not from common opinion, but out of the hidden treasure of the Lord's revelation. Chrysostom. When the Lord inquires concerning the opinion of the multitudes, all the disciples answer, but when all the disciples are asked, Peter, as the mouth and head of the apostles, answers for all. As it follows, Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Origen, 
Peter denied that Jesus was any of those things which the Jews supposed by his confession. Thou art the Christ, which the Jews were ignorant of. But he added what was more, the Son of the living God, who had said to his prophets, I live, saith the Lord. And therefore was he called the living Lord, but in a more especial manner, as being eminent above all that had life. For he alone has immortality, and is the font of life. Wherefore he is rightly called God the Father, for he is life, as it were, flowing out of a fountain, who said, I am the life. Jerome. He calls him the living God in comparison of those gods who are esteemed gods but are dead, such I mean as Saturn, Jupiter, Venus, Hercules, and the other monsters of idols. Hilary. This is the true and unutterable faith that is from God, came forth God the Son, who has eternity out of the eternity of the Father. That this God took unto him a body and was made man is a perfect confession. Thus he embraced all that in that he here expresses both his nature and his name, in which is the sum of virtues. Rabanus, And by a remarkable distinction, it was that the Lord himself puts forward the lowliness of the humanity which he had taken upon him, while his disciple shows us the excellence of his divine eternity. Hilary, this confession of Peter met a worthy reward, for that he had seen the Son of God in the man. Whence it follows, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father who is in heaven. Jerome, this return Christ makes to the apostle for the testimony which Peter had spoken concerning him. Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. The Lord said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas. Why? Because flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father. That which flesh and blood could not reveal was revealed by the grace of the Holy Spirit. By his confession, then, he obtains a title, which should signify that he had received a revelation from the Holy Spirit, whose son he shall also be called. For Barjonas in our own tongue, signifies the son of a dove. Others take it in the simple sense that Peter is the son of John, or according to that question in another place, Simon, son of John, lovest thou me? Affirming that it is an error of the copyists in writing here Barjonas for Barjoanus, dropping one syllable. Now, Joanna is interpreted the grace of God, but either name has its mystical interpretation, the dove signifies the Holy Spirit, and the grace of God signifies the spiritual gift. Chrysostom. It would be without meaning to say, Thou art the son of Jonas, unless he intended to show that Christ is as naturally the son of God, as Peter is the son of Jonas, that is, of the same substance as him that begot him. Jerome. Compare what is here said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, with the apostolic declaration, immediately I was not content with flesh and blood, meaning there by this expression, the Jews, so that here also the same thing is shown in different words, that not by the teaching of the Pharisees, but by the grace of God, Christ was revealed to him, the Son of God. Hilary. Otherwise he is blessed, because to have looked and to have seen beyond human sight is matter of praise, not beholding that which is of flesh and blood, but seeing the Son of God by the revelation of the Heavenly Father, and he was held worthy to be the first to acknowledge the divinity which was in Christ. Origen. 
it must be inquired in this place whether when they were first sent out the disciples knew that he was the christ for this speech shows that peter then first confessed him to be the son of the living god and look whether you can solve a question of this sort by saying that to believe jesus to be the christ is less than to know him and so suppose that when they were sent to preach they believed that jesus was the christ and afterwards as they made progress they knew him to be so or must we answer thus that then the apostles had the beginnings of a knowledge of christ and knew some little concerning him and that they made progress afterwards in the knowledge of him so that they were able to receive the knowledge of christ revealed by the father as peter who is here blessed not only for that he says thou art the christ but much more for that he adds the son of the living god chrysostom and truly if peter had not confessed that christ was in a particular sense born of the father there had been no need of revelation nor would he have been worthy of this blessing for confessing christ to be one of many adopted sons for before this they who were with him in the ship had said truly thou art the son of god nathaniel also said rabbi thou art the son of god yet were not these blessed because they did not confess such sonship as does peter here but thought of him one among many not in the true sense of a son or if chief above all yet not the substance of the father but see how the father reveals the son and the son the father from none other comes it to confess the son than of the father and from none other to confess the father than of the son so that from this place even it is manifest that the son is of the same substance and to be worshipped together with the father christ then proceeds to show that many would hereafter believe what peter had now confessed whence he adds and i say unto thee that thou art peter jerome as much as to say you have said to me thou art christ the son of the living god therefore i say unto thee not in a mere speech and that goes not on into operation but i say unto thee that for me to speak is to make it so that thou art peter for as from christ proceeded that light to the apostles whereby they were called the light of the world and those of other names which are imposed upon them by the lord so upon simon who believed in christ the rock he bestowed the name of peter rock augustine but let none suppose that peter received that name here he received it at no other time than where john relates that it was said unto him thou shalt be called cephas which is interpreted peter jerome in pursuing the metaphor of the rock it is rightly said to him as follows and upon this rock i will build my church chrysostom that is on this faith and confession i will build my church herein showing that many should believe what peter had confessed in raising his understanding and making him his shepherd augustine i have said in a certain place of the apostle peter that it was on him as on a rock that the church was built but i know that since i have often explained these words of the lord thou art peter and on this rock will i build my church as meaning upon him whom peter had confessed in the words thou art christ the son of the living god and so that peter taking his name from this rock would represent the church which is built upon this rock for it is not said to him thou art the rock but thou art peter but the rock was christ whom because simon thus confessed as the whole church confesses him he was named peter 
let the reader choose whether of these two opinions seems to him the more probable hilary but in this bestowing of a new name is a happy foundation of the church and a rock worthy of that building which should break up the laws of hell burst the gates of tartarus and all the shackles of death and to show the firmness of this church thus built upon a rock he adds and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it gloss that is shall not separate it from the love and faith of me jerome i suppose the gates of hell to mean vice and sin or at least the doctrines of heretics by which men are ensnared and drawn into hell origin but in heavenly things every spiritual sin is a gate of hell to which are opposed the gates of righteousness rabanus the gates of hell are the torments and promises of the persecutors also the evil works of the unbelievers and vain conversation are the gates of hell because they show the path of destruction origin he does not express what it is they shall not prevail against whether the rock on which he builds the church or the church which he builds the rock but it is clear that neither against the rock nor against the church will the gates of hell prevail cyril according to this promise of the lord the apostolic church of peter remains pure and spotless from all leading into error or heretical fraud above all heads and bishops and primates of churches and people with its own pontiffs with most abundant faith and the authority of peter and while other churches have to blush for the error of some of their members this reigns alone immovably established enforcing silence and stopping the mouths of all heretics and we not drunken with the wine of pride confess together with it the type of truth and of the holy apostolic tradition jerome let none think that this is said of death implying that the apostles should not be subject to the condition of death when we see their martyrdoms so illustrious origin wherefore if we by the revelation of our father who is in heaven shall confess that jesus christ is the son of god having also our conversation in heaven to us also shall be said thou art peter for every one is a rock who is an imitator of christ but against whomsoever the gates of hell prevail he is neither to be called a rock upon which christ builds his church neither a church or part of the church which christ builds upon a rock chrysostom then he speaks of another honor of peter when he adds and i will give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven as much as to say as the father hath given thee to know me i also will give something unto thee namely the keys of the kingdom of heaven rabanus for as with a zeal beyond the others he had confessed the king of heaven he is deservedly entrusted more than the others with the keys of the heavenly kingdom that it might be clear to all that without that confession and faith none ought to enter the kingdom of heaven by the keys of the kingdom he means discernment and power power by which he binds and looses discernment by which he separates the worthy from the unworthy gloss it follows whatsoever thou shalt bind that is whomsoever thou shalt judge unworthy of forgiveness while he lives shall be judged unworthy with god and whatsoever thou shalt loose that is whomsoever thou shalt judge worthy to be forgiven while he lives shall obtain forgiveness of his sins from god origin see how great power has that rock upon which the church is built that its sentences are to continue firm as though god gave sentence by it chrysostom see how christ leads peter to a high understanding concerning himself these things that he here promises to give him belong to god alone 
namely to forgive sins and to make the church immovable amidst the storms of so many persecutions and trials. Rabanus, but this power of binding and loosing, though it seems given by the Lord to Peter alone, is indeed given to all the other apostles, and is even now in the bishops and presbyters in every church. But Peter received in a special manner the keys of the kingdom of heaven and a supremacy of judicial power, that all the faithful throughout the world might understand that all who in any manner separate themselves from the unity of the faith or from communion with him, such should neither be able to be loosed from the bonds of sin, nor to enter the gate of the heavenly kingdom. Gloss. This power was committed especially to Peter, that we might thereby be invited to unity. For he therefore appointed him the head of the apostles, that the church might have one principal vicar of Christ, to whom the different members of the church should have recourse, if ever they should have dissensions among them. But if there were many heads in the church, the bond of the unity would be broken. Some say that the words upon earth denote that power was not given to men to bind and loose the dead, but the living. For he who should loose the dead would do this not upon earth, but after the earth. Second Council of Constantinople. How is it that some do presume to say that these things are said only of the living? Know they not that the sentence of anathema is nothing else but separation? They are to be avoided who are held of grievous faults, whether they are among the living or not, for it is always behooful to fly from the wicked. Moreover, there are diverse letters read of Augustine of religious memory, who was of great renown among the African bishops, which affirmed that heretics ought to be anathematized even after death. Such an ecclesiastical tradition other African bishops have also preserved, and the Holy Roman Church also has anathematized some bishops after death, although no accusation has been brought against their faith in their lifetime. Jerome. Bishops and presbyters, not understanding this passage, assume to themselves something of the lofty pretensions of the Pharisees, and suppose that they may either condemn the innocent or absolve the guilty, whereas what will be inquired into before the Lord will not be the sentence of the priests, but the life of him that is being judged. We read in Leviticus of the lepers how they are commanded to show themselves to the priests, and if they have the leprosy, then they are made unclean by the priest, not that the priest makes them leprous and unclean, but that the priest has knowledge of what is leprosy and what is not leprosy, and can discern who is clean and who is unclean. In the same way, then, as there the priest makes the leper unclean, here the bishop or presbyter binds or looses, not those who are without sin or guilt, but in discharge of his function. When he has heard the varieties of their sins, he knows who is to be bound and who is loosed. Origin. Let him then be without blame who binds or looses another, that he may be found worthy to bind or loose in heaven. Moreover, to him who shall be able by his virtues to shut the gates of hell are given in reward the keys of the kingdom of heaven. For every kind of virtue, when any has begun to practice it, as it were, opens itself before him, the Lord, namely, opening it through his grace, so that the same virtue is found to be both the gate and the key of the gate. But it may be that each virtue is itself the kingdom of heaven. End of chapter 16, verses 1 through 19.